0: This webmasterradio.fm program is made possible in part by the following. My. Dot afcon 2010com my.AFCON2010.com, your social media source for AFCON2010, The Trade Show, where affiliates always attend for free. Sign up today at my.AFCON2010.com. Check out photos and videos from our past events, plus check out our blog and discussion forums. Start socializing today and tell your friends to sign up now at my.AFCON2010.com. Sign up today at myafcon A. F. C. O. N.
1: Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. You're about to get schooled on how to be inboxed. You've got, you've got, you've got, you've got mail. Our hosts will show you how to deliver on email marketing strategies without going postal. Ah! Welcome the hosts of Inboxed, the click father of email, Kevin DiVincenzi, and the original Fab Fondi Fab Fondi J, John Fondi. Oh,
2: and once again, good afternoon and welcome to the uh, April 14th edition of Inbox Radio. I'm the Big Fabu. I'm John Vondi. I'll be hosting this show today, and we've got a great lineup of guests for us today. Bennett Kelly from the Internet Law Center is going to talk a little bit of law with us and some interesting stuff going on in the Facebook world. Seems like some guys are pulling some sabers, kind of rattling around in the creative department. We're going to talk about the legality of that and what is or is not good about that. But, of course, the title of our show, Can Mobile Marketing Play in the same sandbox as with email. So we've got uh, mobile marketing expert Alex Menacuzi from SMS Masterminds is going to be with us, as well as we're going to be talking with Mark Fodor. And Mark is a published author that uh, just recently wrote a great article in in uh, Mobile Commerce Daily. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about that as well. And, of course, it gives me great pleasure to talk to my sidekick and, of course, uh, Uh, The big guy in our world, of course, he's a master at what he does. I'm talking about the Click Father. We're talking about Kevin DiVincenzi. Welcome, Kev.
3: Thanks, Sean.
2: Doing, hey, man? again, as you can see, we've got a, a jammed up show with some experts. And if you've just joined us for the first time, I encourage you to go to Inboxed Radio. That's I-N-B-O-X-E-D radio.com where you can uh, go, jump into our chat room and uh, you can actually ask questions. And if we take your question live on the air, we'll send you an Inboxed Hat. It's a limited edition custom Inboxed Hat that we'll send out to you. If we use your question on the air, and it'll be answered live by the experts. Or you can go to Webmaster Radio FM, jump into their chat room and uh, the information will be funneled back and forth by Brasco. Brasco, nice to have you with us again today. How's your world treating you? Let's not have his microphone on or he's big at his notice or something. Anyway, uh, speaking about uh, what the direction of the show is going to go here, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about customer acquisition. You know, It's no secret that marketers uh, really have smaller budgets uh, to acquire or even retain customers these days. Now, according to a July study, and this was done by the Association of National Advertisers, marketing budgets shrank about 15.6% in 2009. So we can certainly see that that budget where it's going in 2009 may be be affected the same way, particularly in the traditional side here in 2010. Now, the Winterberry Group uh, conducted a a survey that catalog budgets dropped about 55%, while non-catalog direct mail spends also shrank about 46%. So you take all this in consideration, and then it, you come up with the conclusion that budgets for online display ads and mobile marketing—they both grew by 50%. So we sort of see where these, uh, where the, where the information is going. 71% of email budgets were up by about 72%, and they project an 8.6% rise in email marketing, and that's going to go to around oh about a billion, a little over about a billion and a half dollars. So anyway, uh, the way that we're seeing marketing done has definitely started to change near the end of 2009. And, um, and we're sef- definitely moving uh, into another direction. Kevin, we're seeing this in, in all forms. Not only are we seeing email marketing strong, but we're also seeing mobile marketing really kicking in as well. Do we see uh, email marketing and mobile marketing kind of living together?
3: Definitely, John. I mean, from a standpoint of uh, building lists, I think that uh, email marketing can can now help you transition into mobile, so you can send out emails to your clients or to your your consumers um, and have them opt-in for your specials. I know that we've got some um, different initiatives going on right now, too, to get Kevin's deal of the day going and a couple of casino deals um, where we're getting people to opt-in. So I, I think it can definitely work. It's quite refreshing also that, you know, now it's finally, you know, we're we're, we're starting to see some mass adaption. You know, every casino that I walk into has got a short code and they've got a, a, uh, or almost every casino, the ones that don't, we'll we'll sign soon. Um, They've got their, their code and they've got their specials and all these different things associated with um with a mobile marketing campaign, and it's great. You know, I, I myself, every Friday, you know, mid afternoon to evening, get about seven text messages now from different uh, events happening in Las Vegas, whether they're nightclubs, casinos, uh, restaurants, bars. All with their specials for the weekend and what's going on. And you know, it's great. So I think it's gonna, it's gonna really, really pick up. I mean, this this may be the year of mobile. Every year they say it's the year of mobile ever since 2005, but I think this this may
4: actually be it.
2: Well, we've got a rock star on the line right now, Newstar, most recently rated his company the fastest-growing mobile marketer in the in, on the planet. Um, he's the CEO of SMS Masterminds, and of course, I'm talking about Alex Minacuzzi. Alex, welcome to the show.
5: Hey, thank you, John. I appreciate it.
2: Well, kind of a nice transition that we made here. Uh, it, it seems as though uh, everything is going to that little device, and uh, it seems like if you took and you went back to Cro-Magnum Man, and if you notice where they kind of start, where they were crawling, then they kind of go to a stoop, and then they kind of get up a little staller. then you see them actually walking uh, on both legs. Now we actually see them walking on both legs with their arms out in front of them, holding some kind of a mobile device. That's the new transition of uh, of where we're going with this anthology, isn't it?
5: Absolutely. I mean, it, it's so exciting to watch, and I've had the privilege of uh, having been part of the, uh, the web game 15 years ago, um, watch uh, the eyes open and the experience change as people uh, saw the web transition from a magazine page on a, on a uh, computer screen to the interactivity that it is now. Um, and, uh, and as the world gets more connected and gets more mobile, people are uh, demanding 24-7 connectivity. Um, and so we need to leverage their, uh, their demand for more connectivity as marketers um, and uh, feed them the information that they want.
2: There's, there's, uh, there's several, uh, you know, mobile marketing firms that are out there in the industry. How did you or what, how do you feel that you got the coveted title as one of the fastest growing, what makes you a little bit different than, than the others that are out there pitching their product?
5: Well, um, I think what makes us unique is, is a very practical, very real-world approach to how we utilize technology. Um, I'm a gadget guy. I love gadgets. Uh, I love new technology. Um, we have a war room in our office here where we, uh, we pencil out great new ideas, um, but we, we take a really solid look at what the consumers are, are demanding um, and real-world adopter of that technology. So we like to, uh, to use the analogy, taking one step outside the box. Um, and it was like the dot-com uh, days, you know, right around 2000, where the great technologies that people actually utilized were the ones that stuck around. Um, a lot of gadgetry, wizardry, and very cool stuff came out of that that uh, um, was exciting but kind of flashed in the pan. Um, the ones that people actually really adopted and used were the ones that, that became a sustainable business model. So we've taken text marketing and really tried to take a, a small incremental step forward As you mentioned, your evolution of man over time and uh, say, well, how can we use text marketing for real-world adoption now instead of where we think it could be five years from now and create a path um, to, uh, to move from this point to that point?
2: Kevin, I gave some stats here uh, by the Winterberry Group that showed that that most most budgets dropped by in the traditional world uh, by fifty fifty five percent, where uh, the uh, the mobile marketing and uh, and the e commerce budgets jumped uh, jumped up seventy two percent and higher. We're we're definitely seeing a change in the way that retailers are, are marketing their products.
6: Yeah, you know the
3: biggest thing, John, is you know the way I equate this is or kind of like constant contact, you know, constant contact is is your solution to to do email without having to have all the different nuances with setting up uh, email servers, getting everything whitelisted, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, SMS Masterminds and and the program that we're doing with them is pretty much the same thing. Um, All the legwork is done for them. All they have to do is promote, get people to opt into their quote-unquote list and then send their promotions from there from a web interface. So it just, it, it, uh, levels it off and, and makes the pl- uh, playing field a lot easier for uh, anybody to get into mobile marketing and I, you know over the years I tried uh, to use different services and nothing was really as, as complete as this is so I, I'm very excited about it I think it's gonna it's gonna do great and you know it's so cost effective where you know just like back to a constant contact where somebody can get involved for a couple hundred dollars a month um, and start building a list and sending messages to their clients you know it's, it's awesome it's, uh, it's great for any, any type of business you know, as you and I spoke to somebody, John, you know, 100% acceptance rate on on advertisers because it's a no-brainer.
2: Well, yeah, it's true. And and, and Alex, when we uh, when we talk about uh, you know advertising, the big key is advertise to somebody who's most likely to buy your product. That certainly falls right into the bailiwick of what SMS uh, does.
5: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, as uh, we as marketers, as we get uh, access to more information, um, we should interpret that data and try to really understand when our consumers are ready to make buying decisions. And we know that consumers are happy to receive advertisements when it's timely and relevant, when it has something to do with a, a, a purchasing decision that they want to make. So if you hit somebody with a text message uh, with a, a promotion to go eat someplace, right when they're starting to make a decision, you know, it's 4 o'clock, if they're starting to get hungry and think about where they're going to go to dinner, or if it's Friday night, as Kevin pointed out, and it, you know it's ready to go uh, out for a night on the town, and you get a text from some place that's asking for your business, and it gives you an incentive to go there and have a good time that night. Um, you appreciated receiving that message and that offer. Um, so we, as marketers, need to utilize the latest technologies in order to take advantage of that.
2: Well, I think the turnkey system that you have gives us the ability. Uh, I know with our clients, uh, you know, some of them, um, you know, some of them are, uh, you know, are not very text savvy, they're not internet savvy, but more so than that, whether they are or they aren't, um, You know, it, it gives them the opportunity to have a turnkey solution or we've got an entire staff that basically you know, uh, can offer them the consulting that they need so they never have to touch this product, yet they see the results and basically all they need to do is turn to us and, and just basically say, hey, dog nerdy to me and we take it from there.
5: Yeah, I think, I think there's such a virtue in simplicity. And, um, you know, you, you've got a wider range of adoption for advertisers. You've got a, a broader market for consumers. Um, if the message is good, if the offer incentives are good, if the technology is simple, um, it's a win-win-win for everybody. And, uh, and having your team on board to help supply some of the uh, creative juices, um, because not every business owner really has that marketing savvy to understand, um, you know, what types of incentives or – Specials or communications will yield that, that great conversion, that great call to action. So having uh, so having that uh, creative team on top of that to pull it all together, um, but a solid, very simple foundation for setting it out like email or text marketing um, really pulls the whole thing together nicely.
2: Hey, Kevin, when we, when Alex made a statement, he said, think outside the box. And what we're, what he, I think he's really saying is, think outside of that box that sits on top of your desk that we've been using for such a long time. This really does, uh, allow an, an advertiser or a retailer the freedom to be out in the marketplace and you can actually create and implement a campaign right from your smartphone. Uh, when, when, like you say, you see what your competition is doing, or all of a sudden you're inside your restaurant and it's empty at four o'clock on Friday. Kevin, that really gives you the chance right. to say on top of of real time marketing to a real time uh, database of customers.
3: Yeah, it, it gives you a power that that nothing else really does, um, because I mean you, you're getting right on on a phone that people carry with them, sleep with, you know, that they, it's they, technically attached to the hip to to most people in this uh, in this day and age. So it's really, you know, a direct way to get a response. And, uh, you know, people are opting in, which is making it so much better because it's the information they want. They want to get the nightly specials. They want to know if a certain show is coming to town or what have you. Um, You know, without disclosing much, you and I have both come up with some great ideas, you know, relating to the sports industry and different things that we can do as well. I mean, it's all, you know... It's, it's all relevant, and it's all been out there for a while. It's just nobody has really, really harnessed the power properly. I mean, I've been getting sports updates on my cell phone from CBS Sportsline for five years, but not, not in the manner in which uh, it's done uh, where I could have really opted into exactly what I wanted, when I wanted it, or what have you. So now that we've, we've brought that to the table and personalized it, I think it's going to be amazing.
2: Um, we're talking, of course, with Alex Minakuzi from S- SMS Masterminds. And Alex, um, anything you see on the horizon, if you could look into that crystal ball, we're seeing that the medium of this industry is changing literally on a monthly basis. What do you, what do you see coming up next that we can uh, – or, or something you might see trending in, in a new direction?
5: You know, that's a great question. Um, and what we see with, with you know, any kind of marketing platform like this, you know, c- computers, mobile, or any of it, is it's uh, starting to standardize to a singular platform, uh, kind of a nonpartisan platform. What, the, the problem with applications on the phones is you have your iPhone application, you have your BlackBerry application. There are a lot of different handsets out there. Um, the beautiful thing about SMS or text m- marketing is that it's universal. It works on every phone. So there are a lot of great applications, but we, I think we're going to see a better uh, integration of using SMS or text to initiate a, an application-style process. Um, I think that we're going to see uh, more interactivity uh, using SMS as, as far as, uh, um, you know, uh, Kevin mentioned, uh, send a text out. You know, we want you to come to uh, our nightclub tonight, and you're going to be able to respond to that, set your reservation, tell them how many people are going to join um, so we're going to see more and more components of uh, interactivity on these mobile devices uh, using SMS technology.
2: Well, great. I know that we plan on rolling out uh, this product at AdTech uh, this year. And, Alex, look forward to you uh, kind of hanging around as our, as, our, uh, as our engine driving this behind us as well, too. So that's one thing we're doing is we're taking appointments to actually get some of our associates uh, involved in the program as well. So, Alex, you've been, you've been some great help. I'll give you the last word.
5: You know, John, I'm um, so excited to be a part of this industry and um, and watch it in its infancy now and watch that light bulb turn on for both advertisers and consumers as they start to really realize the power of communicating in this way. I think we see a lot of marketing uh, coming back to being a very localized model um, that uh, people want to be part of the local communities, and as the economies have tightened up, have uh, cherished that relationship more. Um, and this is a great way to uh, to build on that relationship. So we're... We're excited about bringing this technology to market. We're excited to uh, to partner with organizations like yours, and um, looking forward to the future. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be great.
2: Excellent. Of course, talking with Alex Minakuzi from SMS Masterminds, and uh, hope we have a chance to see you uh, coming up this week as well. We're going to take a short break when we come back. We've got Bennett Kelly is going to jump in and talk a little bit about what's going on in his world. Riley Poole is going to be joining us. He's an expert in. Uh, in a social medium as well, we're going to talk a little bit about some tomfoolery that's going on and and, and effectively how uh, we can um, how we can use that, uh, with, whether it's going to be something that's going to be good or it's going to be bad. And of course, coming up, we've got Mark Fodor of Crossview. He's a pub- published author and had a great article out in Mobile Commerce Daily. We'll talk to him a little bit later. Uh, right after this very short break, stick around. I am the Big Fat Boo. I'm John Fondy. We will see you in just a couple shakes of a lamb's
1: tail. Time to flood some more inboxes. Inboxed will return after this.
0: a more if yes, you payment. pay me. No ifs, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up as a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. You think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid for sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't state-of-the-art tracking. Where did it start? You can do it a couple ways. 866-XY7-PAGE. It's code-free. Tell me what you're waiting on. So log on to xy7.com. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCredit.com, brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines.
3: at bruceclay.com. Search for solutions Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel only on webmasterradio.fm.
1: You're back with the Godfathers of Mass Distribution on Inbox only on webmasterradio.fm.
2: And welcome back to the Inbox Radio Show show i'm the big fabu i'm john fondy our show today can mobile marketing play in the same sandbox with email but i tell you we kind of got a turd in the sandbox here some things have come up i've got on the line right now riley Poole. riley I understand there's uh, some tomfoolery going on out there in the social marketplace tell us a little bit about what you're what you've been seeing going on out there
4: <laughs> yeah isn't there always um i noticed uh, the last couple days i've been having a number of uh, my best creatives in the uh social media space been uh, used by another affiliate or another the, uh, advertiser itself. I'm still working on tracking down exactly who's was doing it. I'm not sure, but uh, I'm trying to find out. Just following the tracking links, doing what I can to uh, track these suckers down.
2: Okay, right. we lost Riley a little bit, but one person we have not lost, of course, and that is Bennett Kelly. Bennett is, of course, of the Internet Law Center, the beautiful South sa- Shores of Santa Monica. Bennett, how are you doing today?
4: I'm doing quite all right. Can you hear me okay?
2: Yeah, I can. I can hear you great. What really kind of happened with uh, with Riley is, as you heard, he's got not only affiliates going in. What he and what takes place is, is you know, the guy that's got the greatest creatives or the guy with the biggest gun is the guy that's going to be out there, um, you know, doing well in this industry. From a legal standpoint, uh, if 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 you find out that an affiliate or a retailer is is using those creatives to to monetize their program, is there anything that you can do? What kind of what kind of
4: stopgap well, could you put in there? Well, you you you, you define everything up front, and when you do your initial relationship, and you have certain things that are have you know where you can terminate or even impose penalties if certain things are done, and one of those is, is using creatives. Um, they, that's a very serious offense. That can get you in big trouble if you know, if some knucklehead uses it the wrong way. And um, and, and particularly since it's has your, you know, it's your content there. And so, um, you know, I think, you know, I would definitely try to terminate anyone who's misusing um, my creative, and um, you know, and also reserve the right to go after them if there's um, any claims brought.
2: Yeah, is that is that a claim that could be handled financially uh, if you, if you end up losing or is it uh or is that well, something you well, go to jail for?
4: Um well actually, you know, there is it, it's rare, but um intentional copyright infringement which is this exactly what this is, um you know, does have both civil and criminal penalties, but I can't say I've I've heard of any recent um jail terms for copyright infringement. But um yeah, so you could go after them. You know, I think um given that the type of um, p- affiliates I've seen do this are usually smaller affiliates, and it's probably not worth it. But you, know, you definitely want to make sure that, one, you're getting these people out of your system, and then, two, in working with other affiliate um, networks to make sure that um, they're screening these people out of your, out of your program as well. And then, you know, that's the difficult part, because a lot of times affiliates don't, affiliate networks don't want to reveal who they have.
2: Kevin, Kevin, you had a great analogy as we were kind of trading notes here. back and forth today. It's not.
3: Well. This all started last night just from uh, Riley making a post on his Facebook and me posting back uh, my comments to it. The, the trend, and again, I was off the line for a minute, so I, you may have missed this. The trend that's happening right now is it's not really affiliates stealing other affiliates' content. It's advertisers coming in, stealing your source and your advertisement, and then buying media against you. That's the real problem that's happening. I'm talking about very large companies, Bennett, that we're facing. You know, it's, it's really? So as I've encountered company. it before,
4: it was always you know, downstream people. That's right. Very, now
3: it's that's, actually it's the company going, hey, oh, ben is doing so well on my, whatever, dating offer. Let me use the, the information I have. Look at his referral links. Go back and buy that. Find his ad and do that. And I mean, literally, you know, we, we've got it documented as well. There's some very large companies doing this. And so, you know, Riley posted up yesterday about a certain company calling them out, says, thanks so much for stealing my, my creatives and my placement, you know, and running it directly. And, you know, and then a bunch of these, you know, what I'm going to call idiots posted back, like, oh, well, that's just good business, cutting out the middleman. And, oh, you know, you should expect it. It's a dog-eat-dog world. And, you know, oh, my, my response is, wait a minute. So that means that <laughs> and no sure real estate broker should ever have a job, and nobody should be have a right to negotiating uh, and, and making their fair share. By staying in the middle of a transaction, it's terrible business practice. I mean, don't you agree?
4: Yeah, oh, it, it is. And, and you know, and I was talking earlier about you know how sometimes it's not economical to go after the people downstream. You know, the same isn't true for upstream. You know, they're, they're the ones with the money, right. and so right. you know, this could impose significant liabilities on the people doing it. And I think you might see this this shake out um, relatively, you know, in a short term when a couple of people um, realize they've stepped on it big time. Um, I, well, here's I can't the big see the question. This being so, what a does a guy like trend Riley do to protect his itself. creatives? So, do if you? he does need to go
3: after, let's say, whatever, some gigantic company, um, he's got his ducks in a row that he's actually got a, a solid case. What does he need to do? Does he need to copyright his creatives? Does he then need to screenshot where he sees the placement? I mean, what, what steps do you recommend an affiliate marketer does to protect their copyright?
4: Well, um, you know, as, as soon as a, a work is created, it's copyrighted. Um, okay. is, you can get greater penalties. If you file, um, if you register the copyright with the copyright office, um, and you know you may want to do that. Um, if there's, if you start seeing abuses, and then you know any abuses that occur as subsequent to the registration, you can get the extra damages. Um, but you definitely want to try to put in place some some kind of way to monitor how your your ads are being used, and there are some monitoring services out there to consider. Um, sure. but uh, I think um, you. You have you're protecting. Now the problem is that though you know going after the advertisers, that you know, that's your income, and um, who, wants, who wants to be the person that takes them on? Um, right. You know, I, I think whoever whoever spoke out this time um, did a good you know took took some risk.
2: Well, right, gonna take a. Uh, I think we might have lost somebody there. Uh, Riley, are you still with us? The whole time I yeah, thought I, can- I was Riley on the line,
0: but I don't know if it's a phone connection or not. I'm going to keep all trying right. to get well, it back on.
2: Well, that's okay. We're going to go ahead and move okay. on now. Um, but uh, anyway, we'll, we'll continue to talk about this as it unfolds. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit more from ad tech as well. Uh, this next uh, gentleman has more than 18 years of experience in the IT industry, which goes all through multiple industries. It includes retail, distribution, manufacturing, and Insurance. And before he joined his current firm, Crossview, he was a partner at Brulent Incorporated, where he provided counsel on delivering multi-channel solutions to increase market share by improving customer service, brand loyalty, and market research. That, And, of course, I'm talking about uh, the CEO of Crossview, Mark Fodor. Mark, thank you for taking the time out of your your busy, accomplished day to be with us today on the Inbox Radio Show.
6: Hey, John. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it.
2: Well, I read a great article uh, in Mobile Commerce Daily that really kind of broke this down, and I think that, uh, that it really shows, you know, it, it shows the, the true analogy from the business owner standpoint. In other words, you took it from the, uh, from the pain that a business owner is, kind of uh, suffers on a daily basis, and you gave him a, a solution, so, so taking that into consideration, you know, what kind of lessons can we learn from, from mobile marketing from the way that the Internet, uh, or I should say the web, was evolved?
6: I think it's a great question. I think the, the biggest opportunity is, you know, like the Internet evolved. It was a test, and it was a silo, and then people started doing it, and, and it became a reality. And then they figured out at that point, well, we got to go and integrate this into the existing customer experience for retailers. I think with mobile, you need to test and you need to uh, test with a plan and a strategy in mind. Let's assume it will be successful, so you've got to be able to have the, the consistent customer experience, single view of orders, pricing, promotions, regardless of the channel, and mobile is just another extension of an already fragmented channel by most retailers. I think the recession has really given the opportunity for the consumers to be in charge, and retailers are trying to now figure out to provide that consistent user experience regardless of channel, and the ones that are going to be successful in the mobile space are going to solve the customer centricity issue first, and then add mobile as that next channel.
2: Well, uh, Kevin Vincenzi, the click father, uh, I'd like to introduce you uh, to Mark as well, Mark Fodor. Yeah,
6: Mark, very nice to meet you.
3: Thanks for coming on the show. Right. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Cool.
2: Kevin, we keep hearing that word, you know, testing, 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 and, uh, and, and Mark's talking the same thing as well.
3: No, definitely. I mean, it's uh, in the environment we're in, you have to test, and uh, you can do so so cost-effectively now and so granularly that it's, you know, it's pe- people that don't just amaze me. You know, <laughs> they still throw a, a bunch of stuff against the wall and see what sticks. It just it doesn't make sense because you can, you can get metrics very quickly and very effectively.
2: Mark, you're an expert in cross-channel marketing. What expectations do you think the customers will have in their ability to kind of weave their way back and forth through it?
1: Well, I mean,
6: I think the customers are in charge. It's no longer the funnel of a single channel of how to figure out how to optimize the customer and get them to convert for the web. The customer is going to go and jump between channels. I think I think it was Alex earlier. They made a point about constant contact. You're going to have to be able to assess that the customers crossing that chasm of channels and how to make sure that you're marketing consistent to them and then giving them a consistent price, promotion, regardless of how they're shopping, and build that brand loyalty. Because at the end of the day, we're all consumers. I'm an ex-retailer myself, and I'm a consumer every day, and I want to be able to – I'll provide brand loyalty if I'm provided the good customer service and good customer experience.
2: Um, let's talk about everybody wants to get in, but uh, we find, you know, it's the old, it's, it's, I call it the Lowe's theory. Hey, I can do it myself, and people get in, they get involved, they get themselves in trouble, and they find themselves knocking on Ben and Kelly's door. What are some of the barriers uh, that, that retailers are going to see in creating a seamless cross channel experience?
6: Uh, you know, at the end of the day, they have fragmented old legacy uh, systems. So, and, I'm not advocating to throw all away their systems. Uh it would be great from a, as a technology firm for uh a, for companies to do that, but realistically they have to figure out how to get that single view and start with enterprise inventory, start with customer information, start with pricing, start promotions, and and start coming with a strategy of integration and replacing systems and sunsetting them at the right time. So test come with a strategy, start providing that consistent experience. Um you can't boil the ocean focus on the channels, but to add another channel to an already fragmented user experience or overall marketing experience is just not a, a, a good choice. So I think retailers need to make the investments. And, and what we try to do is work with the retailers to come through and say, forget your internal challenges, because there's obviously incentives that force this behavior from a retail perspective. They have to go and put an, an, and think of it from a customer's point of view. How do the customers want to shop? from me as a retailer and then start looking at what the barriers are both from technology and organizational
2: you know um, let's let's go ahead and talk about the larger retailers a lot of the larger retailers and advertisers they'll they'll use advertising agencies are you finding any pushback coming through the cross-channel marketing from agencies out there at all
6: uh, i'm not seeing too much pushback i think you know because we large we work with large retailers as well as small retailers uh... uh one of our retailers Um, is Moose Jaw Mountaineering. They're well-known in the mobile space of what they're doing, very creative marketing. I think you have a plan of working with the ad ad agencies and come up with a strategy for the retailer to make sure you deliver that consistent marketing message and capability across all those channels. So I think there's good opportunities to team up with those ad agencies, especially the ones that understand the power of the multiple channels and providing the single experience.
2: What would you say the most pragmatic near-term use for mobile would be, Um, let's say, in the retail space?
6: Uh, In the retail space, I think, you know, ratings and reviews, I think mobile, if you really think about it, can be a mobile kiosk. You don't have to have a physical kiosk, it could be used for looking up pricing information, looking up for product information, so the store associate itself doesn't have to be engaged with the overall transaction. The consumer could be walking through, looking at ratings and reviews, understanding the product, going to a gift registry, getting the products for someone that's specific to a, uh, a recipient, and then transacting at the point of sale. So I think there's definitely opportunities um, in-store that vehicle, and then I would agree with the, the guests around providing mobile marketing. How do you drive um, uh, consumers to come into the store? How do you get them to, to do targets? The, the thing that you want to make sure is when you do give them an SMS to come shop in the store, that that... That, that promo can be active in the store on the web or through the mobile device itself call center it doesn't really matter that they're just getting the consistent experience
2: um, great uh, Kevin um, when you in your experience in dealing with uh, with advertisers and retailers are they are they getting this or are you still finding a learning curve out there?
3: Uh, I think that getting it when you package it properly John you know I'm always saying packaging and presentation and the way you, you give it to them, so do they get it the first time? No, but they get it when you say, hey, pick up your cell phone, put this in, and look what happens. And then you show them the interface as to how they can market to it. That's how they get it. Um, so it's, just, it, it's, it's, a, it's a brand new medium, so it's just getting people used to it like anything else, you know? But uh, they're starting to get it.
2: Give us a little uh, background, Mark, on, on CrossView and, uh, and have some, someone to get in touch with you, what kind of experience they would have.
6: Um, Sure. CrossU is a cross-channel solution provider. We're providing complex retail solutions um, that are built from the ground up. So what we've done is, you know, being a retailer myself and then a lot of my management team and and people in the organization are ex-retailers from past Circuit City, things remembered, uh, the list goes on. Uh, What we've decided to do is build... Based off of a platform, and the web technology is far superior, or has evolved further than the traditional retail technologies that are in store. So, what we did was use a platform, and then create the multiple channel solutions that integrate that from ground up, so that you can provide single view of marketing, pricing, promotion, product information. Doesn't really matter. Start a transaction in one channel, complete it in another. It's the same transaction. So, cross you built that from the ground up, which gave us the power of providing a full cross-channel solution because the best buys are really measured around cross-channels. Yes, I can buy online, pick up in the store. We don't really care how the customer wants to shop. We just want to make sure our clients can support the transaction when the customer is jumping across those channels and completing it no matter where the customer is to provide that consistency. User experience, and obviously, to reach us, you can reach me at uh, m.foder at crossu.com, or go to our website crossu.com um, and look for our contact information.
2: Again, in the article that you wrote for for Mobile Commerce Daily, you talk um, you, you talk a lot about consumer behavior. Uh, before, up in, up until now, that consumer behavior was actually not only was it hard to to uh, uncover it was hard to understand and it was hard to track you've really broken through that channel haven't you
6: yeah i mean that's a great point goes back to the constant contact theme doesn't matter how you're interacting with the customer what we've done is since we have that single view and we've built it from a platform all the technologies understand the rest of the technology platform so i'm able to assess when a customer's on the website how they're behaving what they're looking not only a clickstream but also What promotions are taking I can see when they last visited from a recency frequency and monetization direct marketing when they went and called the call center the call center agent can have visibility of how that customer interacted on the web the sales associate in store has that same information so now the retailer can use this information for client telling and help the actual consumer get what they need and they want based off of what they're doing in real time as well as past purchases regardless of channel.
2: Okay. Any any last thoughts on that, Kev?
3: No, I think uh, I, I think he did a great job. I know that Bennett had said that he had a uh, a stat about uh, I think it was mobile growth.
4: Yeah, there was something I read earlier this week that there was a projection that um, can people will will access the internet more from their um, at a certain point more from their mobile device than from their desktop. Um, I think wow. within the next you know by the end of the decade.
6: I think okay, we're seeing that already just from the Asian markets, right? They, they definitely love the mobile. They love to transact on the mobile. I think the United States is a little bit farther behind, but they're starting to leverage the mobile for informational, and I think we'll see the transactional come down the road.
4: I think if you attach it to the steering wheel, it'll do better.
2: <laughs> As it gets down the road. Hey, talking with <laughs> yeah, Mark exactly. Loder, the CEO. Uh, Mark's the CEO. of. C- C- Mark, you got a busy day ahead of you. I, take, I really thank you for taking the time to come and chat with us on the show. Hope you'll come back again.
6: Yes, thank you very much. I enjoyed
2: it. Thank Have you a great day. Yeah. All righty, we're going to uh, take a short break as we enter into the third and final set portion of Inbox Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk with Kevin about uh, a really heartfelt event that is taking place and some of the flack that's going on in and around that, and also talk about, of course, the uh, the upcoming excitements that will be taking place with XY7. Um, Inbox Radio and of course Ad Tech San Francisco. So I want you to stick around. We're going to toss it back to Brasco in the studio. We'll be right back right after these very short messages. Stay with us.
1: Time to flood some more Inboxes. Inboxed will return after this.
2: of the Elite Publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone, as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be Elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000.
0: How would you like to not ever have to deal with a gatekeeper again? Can't find a direct contact for the decision maker? Stop calling the main directory, because now there's lead researcher from eGrabber the one-stop source for finding contact information online. eGrabber finds email addresses or lets you find people with their email address. Just look up a company name and eGrabber gives you a complete list of names, IDs, email addresses, and phone numbers that you need fast. Think of the time that you'll save with Lead Researcher. Learn more about Lead Researcher at www.egrabber.com slash WMR. That's eGrabber.com slash WMR. Anyway, way, I ask? That's right, ma'am. Anyway you ask. Let me get this straight. If I wanted your CEO to deliver my check while juggling flaming machetes on the back of an Asian elephant, all I have to do is ask?
1: Correct. With in-demand affiliates, you can tell us
3: exactly how you want your payouts and we will deliver. God, could you hold on for a second? Someone's at the door. <laughs> wow, you weren't kidding. We are in demand. You can be, too. Sign up today at the letter N,
5: demandaffiliates.com. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. FM.
1: You're back with the Godfathers of Mass Distribution on Inbox, only on webmasterradio.fm.
2: Yes, and welcome back to the Inbox Show. This is the April 14th, 2010 edition of Inbox Radio. I'm the big fabu, John Fondi, and with me, of course, is the click father, and that's Kevin DiVincenzi. Kevin, last week we had Scott Richter on, and he talked a little bit about this fervor, this kind of growing as as the affiliate marketing group and we're talking about the heavy hitters are are out there jumping on the bandwagon to uh... to help find a cure for breast cancer and understand that you and Rihanna and some of your buddies are heading back to chicago to join the cause
3: yeah we're going to do the uh, do the walk it's a forty mile walk uh, over two days first day is twenty six point three miles and second day thirteen point seven um... it's going to be fun you know it's, we'll get to do some uh, networking and it's all for a good cause so it. uh... It's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's right uh, right in the, the beginning of summer, which'll or actually it's not even summer yet, but it'll be nice and hot and muggy in Chicago. I'm sure
2: well and this is just not like jumping out of your backyard you actually uh... you know you have to uh... jump on an airplane you have to make reservations you have to make arrangements for your friends and your family and, and all that stuff so you really are uh... you really are uh, reaching out and 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 uh... you really committed yourself to this how can people get involved and help you with that cause Kev? <clears throat> well we have a website up
3: um, branching off the affiliates give back website uh... so i've got my own personal page up my goal is to raise fifteen thousand dollars um, so, we're taking donations, obviously. Um, in addition to that, there'll be at AdTech next week at the House of Shields on Tuesday at 7 o'clock. There's a celebrity bartender, you know, celebrity from our industry, Hillies Bartending event where Scott Richter will be serving, Warren Corpus of Vine, and a bunch of different people will be bartending for, at different times um, and raising, raising money again for, uh, for, the, for, for this event. Um, so, there'll be different things, and I think Scott Richter's also got t shirts that he's selling. Um, for, for uh, you know to raise money, so a lot of different things will be going on. So you'll see a lot of people uh, talking about it. It'll be part of the uh, the ad tech buzz, which will be fun.
2: And I think uh, I heard you say that that if people uh, invest in your site, you're going to actually give away some of Riley's creatives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 um,
3: nice. yeah. just, this business John is like no other every- everybody I run into says it's like no other business uh anywhere and it's really true it's it's got its own set of rules unfortunately which uh but anyway, so back to uh, that, back to this uh, this event. So it's June fifth and sixth um, in Chicago, and I'm doing it right. I'm sleeping in the tent the night before, and I'm going to convince Scott and a few others to do as well, um, so we can get a nice early start. Um, and it'll, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. You know, it's not uh, it's not an easy task. Twenty six miles. I mean, I consider myself a walker, but that's uh, that's a lot of a lot of walking in a day. But it's all for a good cause, so very happy to do it.
4: Are you walking along with the marathoners? Is there? No, it's not a marathon. It's going actually on? a walk.
3: It's a forty-mile walk over two days. There's different okay. events around the country. Chicago happens to be a forty-mile walk. And Bennett, there is still time for you to sign up and, and
4: join. Um, uh, I mean, just think actually how much was planning to do the Chicago marathon and raise money for charity, but then I got injured. So um, I don't have. <laughs> Nick, I wouldn't expect me to be there.
2: <laughs> Last time I walked with Bennett was about three blocks in New York City, and he had to take a cab after that.
4: Oh, we we covered like fifteen <laughs> blocks.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe, maybe we did.
4: Hey, you Uh-oh. can go to then the maybe website we that
2: scooter
3: again. You know radio. the one that you you uh, made that great that great showing at that uh, when you did that speech. Remember the scooter you used to have?
4: Oh, that was great. Also, that broke my foot. That's right.
3: Right when you broke your foot, right? Right. Exactly. So, John, I don't know if you know this. When he broke his foot, he uh, he went went on stage and and uh, I guess with his scooter. Grabbed like holding a microphone or something, and just like you know, took down a bunch of it. Whether <laughs> as he as he scooted back to his table.
4: No, actually, I took knocked over the table. I got off the scooter. I did everything right except for turning off the scooter, and oh, um, what it someone was? Oh. someone bumped into something, and my my crutches slipped and hit the accelerator. So here's this, you know, Bronco without a rider just going right into the table. And the funny thing was, right. it was Jason Kalkanis was the um, sitting at the table giving a podcast interview, and so in the middle of this interview, you hear. A Oh, and his table goes, he had pushed back 10 feet. Nothing was knocked over. And um, Kilcarnes kept his calm and uh, just just said, damn, it's too bad this wasn't on video. And it actually oh, became wow. part of the podcast.
2: It kept going back Trumpy. to uh, what it is you're talking about, I'm going to let everybody know they can go to the website inboxedradio.com. That's inboxedradio.com. And there is a link where they can link directly to your page where they can, they can get involved in, uh, and watch the progress as, as, it's, as it's going on. So, you know, you, um, you mentioned ad tech. We've got some pretty wild stuff planned for ad tech. Let's go ahead and unfold that a little bit, why don't we?
3: Sure, well, on Sunday, we, we get in tomorrow, John, as you know, because um, we're out there for a full week. Um, tomorrow, or I'm sorry, not tomorrow. On uh, Friday, we're doing a baseball game with some of our select clients going to an Oakland A's game. And then on Sunday, uh, we have a wine country tour. Where we're taking about thirty people um, and doing Sonoma uh, wine tasting, which will be a lot of fun. And then Monday night there is a private uh, cruise event. Which you know, if you are an affiliate, contact your affiliate manager. We can get you on the boat. It's about a three-hour boat um, around the bay. You can watch the sunset and everything else. And we have cocktails and, and appetizers and everything. So it should be a uh, should be a lot of fun. And then Tuesday, you know, we'll be doing the House of Shields and some other. Little stuff here and there. You know, we, we always uh, throw impromptu parties and stuff, but that's, uh, that's pretty much it. It's going to be a lot of fun. at Tech and Friends are, you know, everybody's favorite place.
2: Yep, in fact, we've got a picture of the yacht up on the website as well, too, so people want to check in with okay. that and contact your uh, your affiliate. But, hey, so it looks like we're going to get our own three-hour tour, huh?
3: Yeah, exactly. Our own. Uh, what we did last year, what we did is we did Wine Country on Sunday, and uh, you know, I guess you're supposed to taste the wine and spit it out, but somehow we felt that we needed to consume it all. Um, so when the uh, when the, the charter dropped us off, we then grabbed a boat, just any boat we could find, and said, "Hey, we're going to take your whole boat," <laughs> and went back out on the water for a couple hours, which was a lot of fun. So that's what prompted the idea this year to say, "Let's actually rent one ahead of time that'll hold about 50 people and do that." So that's uh, that's what we're doing.
2: Well, and you know, we talk a lot about the uh, about having the fun and the cocktails and stuff like that. But that is really going to be a great opportunity. One of the things I've noticed, Kevin, is that is that advertisers and affiliates uh, can really get some quality time with the XY17 by, by coming to some of those events. And we actually get quite a bit of business done uh, on on events like like a cruise of the San Francisco Bay.
3: Well, definitely. It's, it's just taking everybody out of the element because I mean, for years and years, we sponsored all the big parties. Um, and don't get me wrong; we still do the no bull party, which uh, you know is become like the staple now. This year be year number four, um, things like that. But a lot of these very large parties are not conducive to doing any business. So I mean, yes, great; they're great. Okay, X, Y, seven is throwing a party; everybody gets a drink for free. Wonderful. Uh, but there's no real value in your relationships. So I can't really speak to any of my publishers. We can't uncover any new business opportunities. Um, and that's why we started doing the hospitality suites, and now we're taking it a step further. You know, at the affiliate summit, we did the private race car getaway, and just doing all these different things where we can spend some real quality time with our publishers, um, tell them how much we appreciate them, and be able to uncover potentially new business opportunities, or you know, just get to know them and hang out with them, not in some crazy, you know, uh, atmosphere.
2: And of course, uh, Brasco, we're going to be broadcasting live uh, from AdTech next Wednesday. Will you be handling those duties as well?
0: It will have to be from the
2: confines of the uh, Fort Lauderdale studios, yes yes okay great well that'll be that'll be wonderful so hey we're going to be looking uh, like we do normally when we do our uh, our on location uh, broadcast we're going to look to have the people that are ad tech on the show so reach out to us if you'd like to appear on the inbox radio show with the click father Kevin DiVincenzi and the big fabu John Fondi uh, uh, g- send us an email because we'll have email even though we're leaving tomorrow uh, we'll have email available to us as we start building next week's show and, uh, and of course uh, we want to make sure that you're involved with that. Um, last word of the day, Bennett Kelly. Uh, anything that you've kind of uncovered, uh, word on the street that you'd like our listeners to know about?
4: Well, I don't know if, you, if anyone read the, about the um, behavioral targeting complaint filed by the CDD and um, per US PERC, um with the FTC. It's their sixth complaint they filed in the last four years, and it's really just an effort for them to get um, publicity on the topic. Um that's um they've so far the FTC hasn't acted on any of their recommendations, but the CDD is able to use it to get press and kind of um put the spotlight on uh, the companies involved so that's the latest thing that's happened really that's kind of big in the industry and um I will not be here on Wednesday. I'm actually going to be in Sacramento um we have our annual um Sacramento day where we meet with the legislatures, and we're actually rolling out um this I got the California State Bar Cyberspace Committee to put together a cyberspace primer for legislators so that hopefully we won't have mistakes like we had in 2003 with the California Spam Law. So um, that's what we'll be doing on Wednesday, and uh, so I wish you guys luck on the show. Thank you very much. Hey,
2: well, Kev, you know you're you're going to be in somewhat of uh, of training for the next few months, and San Francisco is an excellent place to train. I say maybe we grab the gang and maybe see if we can get five or six miles in on the hills of San Francisco.
3: Yeah, that that that, that could be fun. But again, uh, you know, let's let's see how we can motivate our gang to uh, to do that. I mean, um, I'm kind of like the only guy using even the treadmill in the office, so. And I'm not even using it a lot, but we'll see. i am definitely got my training in every day, which is good. Hey, uh, Bennett, quick question. Uh, on the sure. Did you see what happened last night with Facebook with uh, Spam House listing them?
4: No, I had, I had not seen it. I was working on something else. But, um, you know, that's, just, that's really troublesome. And um, are, are people adopting it? Are they blocking Estos? Um, I don't
3: that I have not seen because uh, unfortunately we got listed as well because of my uh, my cancer walk <laughs> sending mm-hmm. email uh, right off the Avon site and Avon got listed too and I, I had nothing to do with the Facebook listing but uh, I I have no idea it just it it uh, the the quote was something something to the effect I don't want to misquote it from Spamhouse, uh Something to the effect of they're no better than porn or fish spammers, and they're going to be treated accordingly. So, you know, I think it's a very serious blocking, um, and anybody that employs spam houses, blocking technology would have to block it better. That that would be my my take on it.
4: Well, that's a, and that could force a, you know a, a very good showdown because I think you know they're ripe for being taken on. And um, mm-hmm. but the fact is, it's always been a disproportionate on um, level of um, you know. Um, Authority just because you know, they, they basically have people by the nuts, and um, but now someone like Facebook can afford to take them on, and um, this could be a good show to really show what what House um, is really about and some of their practices that have caused some some questions.
3: But being they're located in England and supposedly the guy lives on a boat, I mean, what what repercussions does it really have? I mean, that was one of the biggest um nuisances and uh, you know any time any anybody came up against them um was that you, you know they're they're not in US borders so that they don't have to really abide to, to many of the US laws. So I mean what what uh repercussion do they have is my opinion. And is it just a big well, the question, off, is, you know, yeah, the is, question that, is whether, is whether that, they
4: have to, the to get paid off. But the other thing is you can go after the customers and say that, you know, you're on notice, this is um unreasonable to be using this and mm-hmm. um you're you're part of a conspiracy to restrain mm-hmm. Um, you know the flow of information, and I can't really identify what the, how you would couch it, but um, you know I think going after the people using Spam House um, could That's definitely hurt them. And someone like Facebook could.
3: Yeah, especially exactly because I was actually talking to a gentleman last week that was telling me that I mean you know. Uh, without putting much detail, I mean, Facebook's meeting with countries, you know, as far as how they can increase the people uh, understanding government more, and I mean, they've got such a, a a stronghold right now on on their influence. And don't get me wrong, I've got you know, like everybody else, my problems with Facebook right now from the advertising standpoint, but uh, you know, just that they've built a you know a gigantic monster right now. So you're right, I think that. The, Potentially, going after the customers, everybody knows Facebook, so it'll be like, well, wait a minute, why, why are they on spam house you know does this, does this even make sense you know
4: yeah, it may me, I mean, spam house could be something from the last decade, and now we're moving into a social media type of communication system, you know, and is spam house really the type of thing that's still relevant
3: right well and what they're doing I mean they listed them based on the email messages that they send that people have opted in for.
2: He was basically kind of basically saying that this they, is, this because is because uh, you've opted
3: into it and it, it's uh, it's a the relationship is already pre-established.
4: That's that's the thing I mean, but they but they have their own definitions. They have the they want to require a double opt-in and um you know they're living in their okay. polyamory world and trying to enforce right, it. Right, sure. Well, excellent.
2: Hey, guys, I want to thank you so much. We had a great show. I want to thank, of course, Mark Quoto from Crossview for being with us. Uh, also, Riley Poole for jumping in and sort of letting us know what's happening down in the streets, particularly the gutter. And, of course, from SMS masterminds, Alex Minacuzzi, was with us as well. So, hey, I wish you a good week. Hey, Kevin, looking forward to seeing you in San Francisco. We're going to have a good time and get Definitely. some work done.
3: Yeah, and, and, the, and the big thing is don't end up at the end up in San Francisco. I'll leave you with that.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So, listen, uh, on behalf of all of us here at Inbox Radio, and, of course, for the Clickfather and, of course, uh, for Brasco in the studio, I want to thank you all so much. We are going to be doing our next show live from the floor of Ad Tech, and that will be every Wednesday from 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. if you're on the East Coast, and you can always go to InboxRadio.com and listen to the archive. So, for the Inbox Radio show, I'm the big Fabu, John Fondi Hey, make it a great week. We'll see you next week.
5: Have a great week.